Welcome to the Articulate Ox Podcast. I am your host, Soma79. Thank you so, so, so much for joining me. My guest today is uh, UK artist Ab Till. This dude, I've been following him for years. He does a lot of art on dollar bills. Like he, he'll take a dollar bill and he'll take paint markers and, and flip it up with some Wu-Tang stuff, some MF Doom stuff. He's done so many of these and they are all so cool. And it's an innovative idea. And we talk here about how he was able to basically turn this from being, you know, turn art just being something he did in his spare time to being a full-time job, like right around the time the pandemic started. That's something that almost every artist I know has been struggling to do. This dude did it. He's super talented. He's super cool. I hope you enjoy the episode. And um, check him out on Instagram. Uh, buy his artwork. Go to his, um, his website. And, uh, yeah, that's all it. All right, man. Talk to you. Peace. Welcome to the newest episode of the Articulate Ox Podcast. I am your host, Soma79. I'm very excited for today's guest, um, artist Ab Till. Um, what's going on today, man? How's it going? Show me okay, man, other things. Thank you awesome. for having me, man. Appreciate it. Sweet, man. So um, so you've been on my radar for a long time. Um, I'll just start off with showing a piece that I recently purchased off you. Um, this is a print of um it's kind of tough with the glare but these are uh four or five dollar bills with a drawing of space ghost meets danger doom on it this is awesome man like i mean one man a piece yeah. came out and always heard of that one yeah and it's, it's so th this really spoke to me because i've been planning on getting a tattoo actually of um the the doom mask like the danger doom over space ghost um, right okay. on the front of my shin, which I'm sure is gonna feel wonderful. But um, that's it's oh, as part of like a mini like sleeve I'm doing on my leg. So as soon as I saw this, I'm like, yes, I need this. Um, there's yeah. I think there was a fader cover years ago that had something like that. I love this piece, man. Um, oops, all right. So so you do a lot of your work on on dollar on like American currency, correct? Dollar bills, yes. I've worked on also like euros and pound notes. But dollar bills are most requested, and they probably look the best out of all of them. Because I was, I wasn't sure. Because I know you're you're located in the UK. I wasn't sure if you were if you were British or if you if you were like maybe an expatriate or whatever. But because I was curious to how you landed on American currency, is it due to the the fact that it's particularly easy to draw on, or is there a lot of your customers in the US? Well, yeah, like I've been I've been in the UK all my life. Uh, Twenty nine years old. I live in England. Um, I did a, I did one bill for myself, the first one, which was it would have been end of twenty twenty, and I've made a Wu Tang a cream bill, of course, dollar, dollar good bill. place to start. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. yeah, and then that was it, and then someone else asked for one, and then someone else asked for one, and then the commission just started rolling in with dollar bills, and I've been pretty busy with them ever since. Yeah, that was one thing because I um like I said I've seen your I've seen your um your stuff posted in groups for in different Facebook group I think Wu Tang and Doom ones for the past few years, um and people go nuts for them they love it it's they they look yeah it's crazy they look so crisp dude I'm assuming you're using like paint markers or something of that extent that yeah I use uh, acrylics they're like a paint pen but they uh, they they soak up real nice on the bill they dry perfect it's always perfect with these pens i've never had any issues yeah that's what's pretty because I, mean, I use a lot of um paint markers too i often run into the issues where either you get too much ink or not enough ink and i i have i have totally screwed up so many pieces of art just because of that but you really right. nail it your lines are amazing it's crisp as as whatever and the designs are really inventive and i'm gonna during this i'll show some of the pictures like you know covering up us for a little oh. bit of it so people can see it Wait um so this really this started with just you know you had a dollar bill sitting around and you're you know probably can't spend it much over there and you just decided to draw on it i think it might have been a dollar bill from my last trip to america a spare bill left over um and yeah so i had an idea to do a wu-tang one previous to the dollars i my drawings i've been doing like um comic book characters like from the movies or hip-hop uh, artists, any kind of musician or actors. I'd, I'd do uh, pencil drawings of them, like realistic style. I've been doing that um, probably part-time since 2016, after work, on weekends. Um, and then, yeah, since I started doing the dollar, they kind of took over. 
It's it's funny you mentioned the portraits thing. So in 2015, I did a, I I had this. I was trying to do this painting of the rock, and I um there's a picture of the Dwayne the Rock Johnson holding a koala bear, and for some reason I thought it was really cool, and I wanted to do this painting of it. And every time I painted it, it looked like Barack Obama, like at best. I was like, this sucks. Okay, yeah. Ferguson. Yeah, so what I decided that for 2015, every single day I draw a portrait. So I drew 365 portraits that year. Yeah. And then by the end, I was, you know, I could, I could draw. Progress, you can see. Yeah, yeah. So for me, that was, I always felt that was one of the things that made me, if I couldn't draw someone's face, I, I couldn't, I almost felt like I couldn't call myself an artist, or I felt like it was a big hole in my repertoire. You said you started in 2016. Did you find that was that a struggle for you to, to start adapting to draw faces? And if so, you know, how long did it take you to work through that? Yeah, I'd say fight, it'd always be a face. What I did, I think the first piece I did was Jim Carrey as the mask. Um, and it was tough. Um, I think he's trying to get the expressions, the facial expressions is the hardest part. Um, but yeah, you always feel like there's more you can do. You never feel like you're quite there with it. And it's just one of those, you have to just. Can't criticize yourself too much. You got to give yourself some self criticism, but at the end of the day, you got to you can do what you can do. Yeah. And uh, you look back, you can see. You know, what I mean, you can you can see the progress you've made. Definitely. It's funny too because people sometimes you, you kind of forget that um, people are always going to look at your art differently than you do. Because I I had done some some art some portraits that I thought was just perfect, and I remember this person who hired me to to do a children's book. We're like, I like your portraits because they're like. They look kind of like them, but a little off. And I was like, well, thanks for the compliment, but that wasn't what I was yeah. going for. And the you realize, yeah, I'm like, I guess I'll take it. Um, and, but you realize that like, as long as you get someone most of the way there, they kind of fill in the rest, you know? Yeah, exactly. and so it's like, you can be your own worst critic, yet still impress people at the same time. It's, um, it's funny, but you do, you do have to get over that, that one little hump where it's like, you know, there's definitely the first month or so people would be looking at like, uh, is that Huey Lewis or is that Denzel Washington? I'm like, uh, I'm like, it's That's going to it <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, to this, to, to this day still, I've criticized my work so much. I like yeah. look back at it when I, when I paint a piece and I'll send it off to be posted and I'll look back at the photo and think, and I'll, I'll start criticizing even more, but you, you can't do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you know what's funny is like, as as somebody who's been, has bought art for years, you know, I have art around that I bought 20 years ago. And I never look at it and go, man, I like this back then, but I see something now. This thing really sucks. It's like, that's something that we do as artists, but it's like, I've never done that as an art consumer, you know? Exactly, yeah. yeah. That's right. I've never, any, any artwork I bought back in the day, still till now, I think it's perfect. I look back at one of mine from last month, last year. I'm think I'm picking I'm picking about eight points of all of it. Yeah, you're like, what a fraud! <laughs> like, you know, who is who is this person? <laughs> Can't believe I did this. <laughs> yeah, I know. And someone paid me for it. Should I call them and give them the money back? <laughs> it's, like, it's just the yeah. way we find a way to torture ourselves, even when it is, even when things yeah. do go well. Yeah, we get over it, man. Yeah, I know. I know. It's like, I remember like I did an art show and like I did pretty well at it, but I'm like, it was the pieces people bought that bothered me. I was just like, but if they bought the other ones and added up to the exact same total, I would have been so much happier. And I'm like, why, why would I do this to myself? Like what, what's like, yeah, it's know. crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> no, life's going too well. You got to find a way to sabotage it. But, um, yeah. So one thing that really interests me is I saw a post you made uh, maybe a few months ago. You talked about how this has become a full-time job for you. Is that correct? Yes, for three years now. I know that is, that is as somebody who's, you know, I've, I've sold art for years. I mean, I don't know that I've ever really made that full concentrated effort to make it full-time, but I've made enough of an effort to know how hard it would be for me to make that happen. So I've yeah. never tried a lot of artists out there. That is their dream. And not only are you doing it, you're doing a full-time job doing art. It seems like you're doing stuff that's true to your passion. Like, you know, you're drawing Wu-Tang and doom and stuff that you seem to love. Like what was the path to getting to be full full-time on your own terms like and can you talk about um, that a little bit honestly i was kind of pushing to the deep end with it it was it would have been april 2020 so in england we went into our first lockdown countrywide in uh march i think it was or mid-april that's still yep so i was off work for i think four weeks um and i was i was chatting to one of my artist mates and um, i used to work with him he's a tattoo artist and we were both chatting for about an hour on the phone 
And I kind of ended the conversation with, I'm going to quit my job in a month's time. I'm going to push art career. And I wanted, I wanted another month's wage just so I could stock up on all my materials and get everything stocked up. And then like two days later, I got a call saying I've been made redundant. So I lost my job. So that was it. I'm doing, I'm doing it. I'm, go, I'm going in with it. Yeah. And um, yeah, man, the first, the first probably six months or so were hard trying to build a solid client base. Um, so I wasn't really, I wasn't really selling art prior to that. So the first six months building up a client base, letting everyone know I'm working for commission now, I'm out there, you know I mean, hit me up. Yep. But then from then on, it's been smooth sailing, I could say. Yeah. Wow. That's that that is that is pretty wild. It's it's like because I talked to I, I talked to a battle MC from Alaska a few episodes ago, and he um he basically started a year ago and he's already up to like 10,000 views on on YouTube and he's crushing these battles and he's flying all over the world. It's like so many people struggle so hard to ever make it anywhere, but there is something about just being that right person in the right place with the right determination. Like you spent years developing your skills. So this wasn't like luck or anything. Like, you know, this was you taking a leveraged skill and having the right time to strike. That's what it was, yeah. Just trying to utilize what I could do. And um, I, I was ready for it. I think deep down I was ready to, to make that jump. I'd been putting it off for a few months, for a while at least. Mm-hmm. And then having that, that uh, conversation with my friend on the phone, um, that changed my mind completely. I was, I was I was committed. That pushed me over to that side. Yeah. And yeah, man, I've never looked back. It's crazy. It's funny how the quarantine and, and the pandemic really changed a lot of artistic paths. I mean, for me, I had been a rapper years ago. I used to perform all around Boston, like opening up for like, you know, national acts that would come. And then I quit yeah. for 10 years. Um, I heard this rap song by Percy P and I was like so blown away by him. I'm like, I'm a fraud. I'm done. Can't <laughs> do it at all. And actually now I'm working on, I'm working on a song with him. But um, so then like in the um, pandemic, I was like, you know what? I'm stuck in this place. I got to do something. And I started rapping again. I started reaching out to some of my, my favorite rappers and trying to collaborate and hire them to be on songs. And it's like, I came out of this pandemic, a totally different artist that I went into and I'm so much better. And it's like, there was all this uh, talk of the negatives of the mental health of it. My mental health is a lot better because the effort that I put into it, you know. Exactly. It's the mindset you had during that thing that could affect how, how you did. I know a lot of people who came out of it like how I did. Like, sort of, I wouldn't say thrive through because it was a horrible time. But um, people who turned it around and came out better. You know what I mean? I know a few people who are in the same position as me who have made something of it completely different to what they were doing prior to COVID. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, there's just something, there's something to be said. I mean, it was a shitty reason I have to do it, but that when you, when you can pause and can have that moment to question, okay, is this the life that I want to be living? You know, that's time, uh, you know, when you're living, you know, you know, paycheck to paycheck and you're just trying to get by, you never have those times and opportunities. It's like, and to have that sort of forced upon us, I mean, is, you know, it's good that there was a silver lining to it. You know, we know we all lost people and, but it's still, it was a, a good pause for people to like to try and just assess their own situations, yeah, like you say. Yeah, a lot of time to look in the mirror, you know. The world's pause, man, for like a year. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we talked about building up your client base. Um, I can't remember because like I said, you've been on my radar for a while. I don't remember how long I've been following you, like on, on the social media uh, in particular, but where did you start at that point? And um, wh- like, how, like, did you, did you, how, how big was your audience when you sort of started and what did it take to build it up? My audience at the time, I'd say was, it was down to Facebook friends, local people for me. Um, Cause I'd, the drawings I'd make of these characters, I'd get prints, I'd sell prints. And that's how I first started building the client base. Um, and I'll mention too, these prints are really beautiful. Like if like if you if you were to look, looking at this right here, you could not tell if these were real dollar bills or real or prints. Like your prints are really excellent. And I would say too, I kind of felt like robbing you because these are a bargain on your website. So go on your website and buy either some real dollar bills or these prints because they look really, really good. Sorry to interrupt you. Sorry to interrupt you with a compliment, but you were saying <laughs> that was cool. And um, what was I saying? Well, um, yeah, I'd probably say it's still similar now how I operate um, with my work. It's Facebook and Instagram, um, and a lot, a lot of it's word of mouth. Uh, for example, out here in Tenerife, um, one of the coffee shops I go to, the guy who works there after painting drone last week. Did you see the drone? I did. Yes, this was it. Sideshow Bob, or was it was a Simpsons character, right? Sideshow Bob, yeah. 
Yes, yes. Um, I'm chatting to him in there about how it's word of mouth because he's asking to go about my artwork. And while we're showing him the drone, two of the customers come over, well, two of the guys will come over and they and they, they ordered work off me. Um, that was literally just from them being there at that time, catching hold of what I've done. And it, it's, it's a lot of word of mouth that I'll get about. It's funny because, like, you know, they say someone like Ted Williams was was not a good hitting coach because, like, he was just, like, really good at hitting. So what is he going to teach somebody? Like, he never had to struggle. And there's a part yeah. of the thing where, like, when I talk to you, I'm like, it, it's like the reason why you built up an audience because you were doing something very innovative that people hadn't seen before, yet you totally – the second you see it, you totally get it. And it's like you just sort of it's like the reason it word of, it's like word of mouth it works great when you're really talented. <laughs> like it doesn't work so good when you're like you're kind of just like, you know, drawing on a napkin. But like the secret to think, success is that you're really good. I think one thing that goes in my favor is you don't see paint dollars a lot. Right. I, I know quite a few guys who do them. But that's because of me doing them. I've, I've connected with these people through that. Um, but in general, you don't see it a lot and people don't see it a lot. In, you know what I mean? So you right. see anything. What, what's up? That's a painted dollar. And you start thinking. And then, like I say, someone will see something and say, well, can you do this? I'm like, yeah, I can do any idea you want. You know, I think yeah. Within reason, I can do whatever you want. I got a few then, that are coming your way that I've been trying to think. I, I definitely want one that's based on um, Digital Underground, um, Humpty oh. Hump, which I think if you've done, I think you've done some wonderful for him before. I don't know if maybe I'm making that up, but um, oh. I'll probably be hiring oh. you to do that at some point. Oh, sweet man, hit me up whenever, bro. I'm always available. I think it was that, maybe Eyes Wide Shut and Tron. I, those, I was going to hit you up soon about it, so stay tuned. We'll talk about that offline. But, like, yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy because the cool thing about your work is that you can look at it and very quickly go, oh, but what if you did this? And then it's like, like the ideas feel almost endless. And, like, the colors pop so well. I mean, it's it's – I'm really, really impressed with with how clean these look. Like I said before, I struggle with these paint markers. Um, I saw a little bit of your process the other day um, on, on a post you made, but can you walk through how, and I don't want you to give away too much of the special sauce, but how do you approach this from a technical drawing perspective to, to get it to look so clean? Um, well, I'll start with when I, when I get the bill, I'll always, in inside the border area, I'll always paint that white first, get a nice clean white background. So then all the colors will look a lot brighter. You, usually I'll one layer of color. Um, sometimes I need two layers, but having that white background helps more than you'd think with uh, getting the colors to pop. Um, with the line work, are you just like just like your fine line ink uh, ink liners, and they go down real nice as well. Sometimes they'll clog up with the paint if you use two or three layers. But um, in general, that's pretty much it. Man. Not a lot, to, not a lot to it. Um, and are you and sketching it, it out? You sketch it out. I'm guessing in full pencil ahead of time. And yeah, I mean, I guess part of it is having just a really, um, a really like a not shaky hand because I think that's obviously where a lot of you know there's what a certain helps? command to to command to the actual touch where it's like you know you either have it or you don't you know. Yeah, one thing that helps with getting the drawing on is the details of the dollar bill. You can still faintly see through that white layer, but you can use that as like a grid. So I'll layer my my sketch over on the, on on my iPad. Um, over the, the dollar and I'll just see where the lines connect up and that helps you that helps you get your sketch on a lot easier than just doing it with no grid there you know the serial number you can you can use that as a grid or the, the present in the background you can use that as like, so like this line goes from here it goes cuts through this line that makes sense oh definitely yeah what yeah. as somebody who stared at American currency for probably a lot more than even most people who live in this country, do you ever see any like what's like the weirdest? Like, I, I always think, have you ever seen Half Baked? No, I've not seen it. Okay, there's a no. scene in Half Baked, which is a Dave Chappelle weed smoking movie from like the late 90s, where I think it's Jon Stewart is talking about getting high and looking at the back of a dollar bill, and he's like, What's going on over there, man? and like all of that, like. You know, and there's all these people over here. It's like, oh, you folded this way, and it's the Illuminati, and you folded this way, so yeah, you go fuck yourself. And it's like, all right, man, whatever. Um, yeah. And what? Um, you ever had any weird thoughts looking at a bill and going, what, like, what were they thinking when they made this? I've not had weird thoughts like that. But on the back of some of the bills, two, the two dollar especially, there's a lot of tiny faces. Um, like they're like three mil, four millimeters. I always think, how small can I do a do mask, an MF do mask? How small can I get one? 
I have a lucky two dollar bill in my my. If you take a look on the back, yeah, quite a few small faces. Oh, there are a lot of faces. So I'll always wonder can I get an MFD mask on one of those? That would be really cool. Look, I'm looking showing the wrong side. Yeah, uh, everyone Google it. Two dollar bill. It's funny I have this because um this is a story that probably is going to be embarrassing for me. But my last guest who um was who who's a film director who I've known for years and actually just is working on a film now with Kelsey Grammer. Speaking of sideshow Bob, um we him and I were shooting a documentary up in Buffalo years and years and years ago that never got made and it was the last time I ever went to a strip club. This is like maybe like two thousand one, and I was with my friend who's I don't know out him but he's a professional Tom Cruise impersonator. And we're in Buffalo and they gave all of the change in $2 bills so that everybody would tip twice as much. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, I'm like, that is like kind of a genius business model. And so yeah. that is one of the two $2 bills I have in my pocket. Really small idea. Oh shit. There's a five in here. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've already made money in this podcast. That is really cool. That's a cool idea. So one question I had is, so where are you getting, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you must be going out of your way to get the flattest and, you know, best bills that you can. I mean, are you, are you just finding some bank over there that's able to hook you up or are you getting uncut bills or? I just go to the post office, um, local to me. And I've been going there for long enough now. The guy always gives me the brand new dollar bills. He always sets those aside when I go in. So I go in probably like once a week and, and collect loads in bulk. Yeah, that's um, where relationships yeah. matter. Like you get you need yeah. your friends in those special <laughs> places. <laughs> so I've been chatting to him now. I've been going there for like two or three years now for these dollars. Wow. So we clicked on there what I use them for. He knows what I you know what I do with them. Yeah. So he always give me the brand new ones. Right. And, and are, are need... some of them uncut? Because I feel like maybe that's just the illusion. I, like the one you did of Biggie um recently, where it's my favorite Biggie thing with the full um oh, okay. colorful sweater. Like, is that an uncut set or is that just the way it looks that, when you present it? That's an uncut sheet. So one of my customers, one of my guys from um Cali, uh, he he'll send me out to get me a few uncut sheets sometimes. So he can get me the four uncut sheets. He got me eight, a ten. He got me a big thirty-two sheet. Still need painting. Oh, you have any um, ideas for that? This, I'm not too sure yet. What I'm going to do, but it'll definitely be a dedication to hip hop. Yeah. Man. Um. Maybe like, a, also maybe like a Mount Rushmore. Or something? I don't know. Use your idea. I'm going to start. I'm not going to. Gonna... Today. Yeah. You what? I also thought of Wu Tang as the uh, the last I... supper. Yeah, you know, you can fit them all in. I had an idea for a big Wu Tang piece I was gonna do. I I found this huge, um, like old, like long landscape painting somewhere, and I just painted the entire thing yellow. So like the frame and everything was yeah. bright yellow. I was gonna I was gonna stencil Wu Tang faces over all of them. I got like two of them done, and I was so like, fun. my my stencil of you God was not <laughs> coming out that well, and I, I was like, moving on. We'll come back to this. <laughs> You can never go wrong with Wu-Tang art every time it hits. Oh, God. I, and that is crazy because I've done a bunch of Wu-Tang art. I do um, T-shirt designs through my main man, Pat. And you do find that the ones that sell the most, the, the, the best are Wu-Tang and MF Doom. Um, people, there's an, there's an unquenchable thirst for those particular brands in the hip-hop world. Um, do you find that like, who is really, I'm guessing maybe a biggie might be third, but who else are the, are the, the people that are in most demand? The artist he most had. last part again, sorry. Oh, who like who are the artists like besides the Wu Tangs and the Biggies and the um, MF Dooms? Who do you get the most requests for to do art um of? MF Doom definitely. Yeah. That that'll be number one. Um, I've had a few Post Malones. Oh, I've I didn't thought of that. Yeah, um, that's people local to me who had those. Wu-Tang, definitely. I'm trying to think who else. I would have said Big E, Wu-Tang, and Doom. I've had quite a few Nas. Yeah. I've done quite a few Nas, yeah. Um... I'm trying to run through my page in my head now. Yeah. You know what's what I really love? I'm a big Slick Rick fan. I saw that one on your website too, man. That's yeah. that's beautiful. Like He's one of those characters like him and like even the biggie thing where just their entire being is so um yeah so there's so much it's so much rich stuff to use like like slick rick seems like somebody who walked out of a bond movie like it's like when you see when you see him he seems like he could be like like a dude that like that bond plays like baccarat with in like the first act of like one of those yeah. movies like that's just the way 100%. he is like walking down the street you know <laughs> it's no persona it's all him 
Yeah, yeah. Like I had a friend once who who was neighbors with Bjork for a while, and he's like, she's Bjork every day. She is like, you know, maybe not a swan dress, but she, you can tell she's Bjork. She's not just well, you like see. you know, kicks walking down to the <laughs> cumbies. <laughs> well, um, on the subject of those big ears, that that ten dollar, that ten treats. Yeah, I think I'm gonna try and do a series of those. To be honest, I'm gonna try and get some more. I'm gonna try and do like a hip hop series, and Slick Rick would be one of those guys on in the in the oh, series. Awesome. So I'm gonna try and the, the, the more tens I can get, the more I'll be in the series. I want to do an ODB also. Oh, uh, Prodigy. The guys that come to my head the most are East East Coast guys. But I need to get some West Coast in there too. Yeah. I just did a song with um ODB's son, uh, Young Dirty Bastard. That's gonna be out of my yeah. next album. Yeah, and it's like I only it's like you don't interact with these people that much when you work with them, but you definitely got the vibe. And like he sounds just like his dad on, on the hook. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, that's the energy that I wanted. You got the energy down on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's cool. So um one thing I noticed too, um, you have some art in the hip hop museum in Washington, DC for sale. Um, if I if I'm not mistaken. I did did a little Googling and they've been on my my radar a little bit. And it looks like a couple of your bills are for sale there, one with Nas and one with Ghostface. Um, how did you get involved with them? Uh, they actually reached out to me. They, uh, I think that would have been 2021. 20, I did that set for them. And they just sent me a DM on Instagram. I think they might have had two sets off me now. But yeah, well, they reached out to me, to be honest. And um, yeah, I was more than happy to to do the work for them. That's cool. This is a, an, that was, Yeah, that I love these pieces, man. Like, it's... Damn. Thank you. I'm jealous. <laughs> I said, so, so it's a hard time using paint markers. I feel like I got to... I got to go back to the drawing board a little bit because I've ruined like little pools, like ruin everything for me. Always. Yeah. A bit of practice. Like when I look back now at one, I did the very start. I can see the progress from just learning all tips each time, learning what works better. Yeah. Or, you know, how to, how to do things better on the bill. It's, it's slightly different when I, to where I used to do my drawings. It's the, the technique is different. Yeah. So, so getting, getting, getting down to that was, it took a bit of time. What are some of the weirdest things people have asked you to draw? Is there anything in particular that somebody? I'm trying to think if I've got any drama commissions now. That's weird. Oh, it's not in a dollar bill, but I got asked to uh, paint. On a, you see the PS5 covers that I painted? Yes. I got asked to do a Nicki Minaj as a brap still. <laughs> that was probably the one of the strangest ones I've had lately. That's awesome. Yeah. So are you really? So I know you're doing mostly dollar bills now. While you're, um, you know, you're, is it, you're down in the Canary Islands now for about a month, and you said you're doing mostly dollar bills. Like what? Yeah. Um, what? Like what else do you do? Like so, in terms of like, I, I think you know, people who see some of this art that he's flashing there are, are, you know, I'm trying to help with your word of mouth here, and I'm hoping to make a few sales off this. So what else do you do? And like, it seems like it's really a matter of just the imagination of you and the person buying it. Like, can you do basically what you do on almost anything? Painting wise, like, can I paint on anything? So I painted dollar bills, skateboard decks, canvas, uh, vinyl records. Oh, like you paint uh, actually on the vinyl? Yeah, I painted one last week. Holy shit, why have I never thought of doing that? That's an awesome idea. That's <laughs> like, I have so I much just I've, like trash vinyl that won't even play. And like, oh man. I've, I've got a ton of them. I painted the MFD in one first. That would have been last year. Oh. And then I had one as a commission, which I did like last week. Um, yeah, I've painted PS5 covers also. But yeah, usually I can paint the, 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 the materials I use and, and well with anything besides glass. So I can paint on anything, pretty much I'd say. Um, Within reason, like I can paint on most plastics, wood. You gotta go down ground on wood, papers. Um, yeah, but um, like the other day I painted that drone. I never thought I'd paint a drone, but yeah. it could be done, so I did it. Yeah. <laughs> what? Um, um. So you mentioned that you started doing the builds a few years ago. What? Like, take us through a little bit about your development as an artist. You know, prior to that, like, when did you start doing art, and um, had it always been your dream to sort of do this full time? I've definitely always been interested in art uh, throughout school, but um, I never did well in school. So we le I left school in 20 2011. From then on until 2015, I'd say, um, my close friends, they started getting into art and they were tattoo apprentices. So I'm seeing them every day, seeing them painting and drawing, and that's got me back into it. Um, that's, where my, that's where my motivation came back, I'd say. 
from the people around me, um, from them getting creative. And look at say that those guys are still with me now. Like I still, I'm still seeing them guys all the time, and they're still artists. They're they're crazy artists, man. I look at their work and think, what the, what's going on? Yeah. What am I doing wrong? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It is amazing how with art, you know, we're all sort of, you know, most of us, our first exposure to art is something that's very, very mainstream. And that's what sort of opens our eyes and gets us excited. But the more artists I talk to, the more I find that it's really the people closest to you in your life that provide the most day-to-day inspiration that that really take it like, as I remember seeing like Michael Jackson Thriller when I was a kid, I'm going to age myself. You know, that was probably the yeah. first cassette I ever had. And it's like, that was something like, you know, for like a five-year-old in a small town, like, you know, 25 miles outside of Boston, it's like, there couldn't have been anything further away than Michael Jackson and his silver glove, and his glove, which is probably a good thing considering who I'm talking mm-hmm. about. You know, whatever, we'll leave that joke there. But, um... But then it's like that is such an it's it's like art at that level is such a um it's such a like a vague concept it's it's not something that you touch on but it's those people that you see every day like even if it's just like a grandfather who's a craftsman at like making birdhouses it's like you start seeing people that oh this is a process that you can break it's down and look. learn it isn't just an it's abstract well you see the time that goes into it right definitely because a lot of people think this takes. Two seconds to paint a piece. It takes hours. It takes a lot of practice, a lot of knowledge. How long before yeah. you you you? How long did it take? Like um, because most people we we have talked a lot in this podcast about like the pyramid of success, which sounds like I'm about to try to sell you something or bring up like a <laughs> PowerPoint. But the way I talk about it is that say there's a pyramid, and I talk about this usually in terms of like hip hop. At the bottom, if you want to be a rapper, all you have to do is call yourself a rapper and make two words rhyme. You don't have to buy a guitar. You don't have to buy a computer. You don't have to buy anything. All you have to do is call yourself a rapper. The next step up is to like write a song and you'll lose some people between those two steps. And then it goes yeah. up to record a song and then it goes up to, and it goes all the way up. And once you've gotten to that point where you're actually playing shows, you're so far above all those other people. That's my, that's my inspiration not to quit is like I cannot quit because I've last I've already outbeat all these other people. And, exactly, and that's like what what was it for you? but those first steps are the hardest because there's no faith you're ever gonna you know belief in yourself will take you a little ways but like what got you through being like i am absolutely objectively terrible at this but i still i know i should, should keep going do you relate to that i just had crazy motivation like i wouldn't let i wouldn't let a setback um just distract me too much i'd then use that to push forward even more on the next piece. I'd always try and come back harder. Is there um, anything you attribute that to? Is it something you feel like you're born with or is there someone in your life who you think helped you with that? Um, I'm not too sure, to be honest. It might be something to do with people around me also. Having the right people around me in the times you need them most. I'd probably say something to do with that, but I don't, I don't actually know, to be honest. It's funny, like you, I was talking about how easy it is to screw up, um, you know, a piece like that. And you mentioned how you're influenced by a lot of tattoo artists. You know, I dig tattoos. Obviously, you dig tattoos, too. Um, like that idea of you can't screw up on a tattoo terrifies me. Like I would never want to tattoo any like I would do myself because <laughs> if I screwed up, I'd wrap my mind around it and be fine. But like <laughs> that, I mean. It's like, what is it to mess up a dollar bill? It costs you a dollar. But did, do you ever have any interest in doing tattoos? And, or do you relate to that? Yeah, yeah, man. I was, I was an apprentice um, between like mid-2017 till 2019-ish. I was, um, I, was, I was a part-time apprentice. I'd work my full job during the day. So I'd work on my days off at the apprentice shop. And, um, and that was with some of the guys who also inspired me and motivated me from the start. Um, but yeah, I know, I know that feeling when you can't mess up with a tattoo. I think I did about 10 myself yeah. before I left. And then, man, it was crazy. Well, so what, crazy. what What? What? leads you to do 10 and go, no, nah, this isn't for me? Say that again, sorry. What, what, like, what, what leads you to do 10 and then go, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do something else. Like what, like what's, it what was about life after I to leave. And um, I didn't want to leave. And I still, the shop where I used to work, I still go and see those guys. Uh, regular, I still chat to them regular. We didn't leave on bad terms. Um, if the if if they ever decided to get back into tattooing, I'd definitely go straight back to that shop. Um, oh, so you, yeah, you so you it wasn't that it wasn't that you felt like this wasn't for you. It just it was the timing and stuff. So you feel like you could probably pick up a tattoo yeah. gun and get back at it. 
think, I think timing was a bit of an issue. But all the guys there, they understood. We didn't leave on no bad terms, nothing like that. And they said, no, always welcome. But as I think, think about it, like, a tattoo of one of your bills would look really dope. Like, in the right spot with the right thing. Like, that, that would be pretty cool. You know, that would be crazy. Now you got me thinking. Cash rules everything around me. <laughs> the, yeah. um, I love the, the Wu-Tang Dark Side of the Moon one you did. I think that might be the most recent one you posted as of this. That yeah, is that was, so I, crisp. I painted that yesterday, yeah. Was that I your idea or was that a commission? That was my idea. That's one thing I wanted to do for myself. I had that idea probably about a month ago and just getting around to doing it. It is funny. Plus it was Wu-Tang. Yeah. It, it was a good time to do it. It's funny how, like, you know, I mean, what like Wu Tang and Pink Floyd could not be any sonically different in, in like, you know, like in years apart, in like just in totally different approaches to music. But it's amazing how well, and now I'm thinking about how cool of like the blends and mashups you could do. But um, mm. yeah, it's so crisp and beautiful. Wu Tang fits with anything, man. Anything. It really, it really does. <laughs> it does. It does. It, it does. Yeah, it's a crazy um, mashup, but I think it worked well. Yeah, I'm happy with everything. So, what about your own personal taste in music and art? Like, what, what, what are some things that got you excited to, you know, draw or like what you might have saw as a kid or influenced you? Um, comic books definitely influenced me. Are you Marvel Pink or Bob. DC or? Um, probably lean towards more DC, but I'm sort of middle ground. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, Hip hop, graffiti. I'm big into graffiti. That that's a big motivator. Um, I practice sometimes, but my graffiti hand isn't the best at the moment. Same with me. I it's spray paint something that I've never got that real it's control so, over. I think it's so difficult to get used to. My line works. My line works horrible. Yeah, with spray paints. Um, it's an expensive hobby yeah. to learn. You know. Yeah, it is. Because no, I'm not really someone it. who's going to go into a Home Depot and rip off thirty cans of spray paint. I think that's why it's cheaper for other people. Like I don't, <laughs> you know, I don't. I'm not, you know, don't think I can yeah. get away with that, but. <laughs> Yeah, graffiti is a big motivator. Um, yeah. I'll probably say graffiti, and um, I'm into 80s hip hop and 90s hip hop, but probably 90s golden era for me. That seems to motivate me a lot. Like I'll, I'll uh, listen to a song and I'll hear a lyric, and then a lyric will give me an idea what to do. I'll get that all with MFD. Yeah, I, I listen to a lot of lyrics and then think from there. There, it does seem like, like you know, from even like a just a spending perspective, I think there's probably people right now that are more interested in spending money on those the '90s era hip hop. Like it's like you know, it's like when you say 2000s era hip hop, I don't really even know who you think of. You know, it's like you know, I guess like Fifty Cent and stuff like that. But it's really the '90s, like there's a Tribe Called Quest. Um, you know, obviously Wu Tang, there's Biggie and Tupac and Big L. And I mean, I'm talking about Digital Underground. It's like and Naughty by Nature and Slick Rick and Dr. Dre and the Snoop. It's like that. That is. There's definitely something special about that era. And even cross-colored clothing is coming back. Like that's you know. Yeah, that's crazy, man. That's still that's still popping on, man. We need yeah. that still back. Yeah, yeah. It's like there's something about that era that was so so special to people. I think also I think Run DMC probably the first hip hop group I ever listened to, which got me on hip hop. It was um. It's a lot of So you're yeah, so you mentioned you're like you're 29, right? Is that what you said? But yeah, 29, 93 so, I was born. So even for me, um, I, I was born in 79. You know, I heard run run DMC for me was already sort of out of style when I started getting into hip hop. And I did have the Down with the King tape, which is one of my favorite run DMC albums. But in hindsight, that was like one of their attempts to kind of modernize their sound. I mean, I love that album, but it was sort of like it was a turn for them. So yeah, so Considering they were almost in, they, they were stale when I was a kid, but they came back. They were just in like a dip and like, you know, we're old school was yeah. kind of being run over. How did, how did Run DMC land on your radar? Like, you know, that much later. Oh, uh, I have no idea. I would have been young when I first heard them. I would have been maybe five years old. Um, and it would have been just people in my house. My, I got older brothers, all the brothers I used to live with. Uh, live with. They uh, influenced my music taste a big, a big time. But, um, they used to listen to a lot of music, what I listen to still nowadays. You know what I mean? So I'd say just being around people again, being around them kind of people. It's amazing how like older brothers and stuff can give you some of the best taste in music and some of the worst where you're like, oh, I thought this was great. And it's like, I now own like, a warrant tape. I'm like, yeah, she's my cherry pie. <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm going to listen to that again, but it seemed like a good idea at the time. Um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> do you ever do any formal training with art? Any formal training? Yeah. 
Uh, no. You, you never took any classes or anything? Never. Yeah, I, I think I might take like, you know, a little summer class or something or, you know, but that was about it. it it's um. besides what I learned in school. I've never done anything since. Just yeah. uh, self-taught and people around me, my friends, so we have a lot of paint notes every now and again. So I'll get a lot of information from artists or artists I chill with. Yeah, and that's something too that so many artists are so um so introverted. Having a community like that where you actually can share information, you know that that sounds like it's been something that's been really helpful for you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that leads back to being at the tattoo shop I used to work at because that's where we have our paint nights. You know, what I mean, we'll they'll close up shop seven o'clock and then stay there till eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, have a paint. So there's four, five, six of you in there, and you're just having a chill, having a chill while doing a sick painting. It's not tossing uh, information around. That's you, yeah. You, you learn a lot and you realize. I think having them notes. Yeah. It's good to have them. Yeah. Yeah. It it is funny too because we talk about how we have our own perception. Like there's kind of like different versions of our own art because there's the one that we see when we look at it. There's the one that like the buyer sees, but then there's the one that the other the other artist sees. And I think especially too yeah. with with as a rapper, so many rappers rap for other rappers instead of rapping for an audience um do you because you know they would be like oh yeah so and so is gonna be so impressed with this but it's like they don't always think about oh is the audience really who is this really for um do you find that it, that you get different feedback from the people that are spending money or the um than than you do from the people that are um your peers i find clients to be quite easy to work with i've never really had any issues with clients and they're always over the moon with the pieces but when i get whenever i get any criticism from my variety friends, any variety, so I know it's it's to benefit me. It's never malicious. It's always in in good intent. It's never really, never really criticism. It's just oh, you could do this instead, or why don't why not you do this instead? Yeah, well, that's good. That's good to have that around you. I think. Yeah, Keep right. you on your toes. it is good because sometimes it's like you're too um you're too close to something to really see like oh yeah like that like yeah I, then it's like once you see it you're just like oh yeah that's why wasn't i doing that all along you know i always have those moments where i run this more in like my day job where i'll figure out some way to code something and i'll be like i feel so happy about all like i can either be feel miserable about all the time i wasted in the past or feel happy about all the time that i'm saved in the future and i always try to lean towards it because like oh if i'd known this two years ago like you know i would have had time you know, to do those 30 push-ups every day <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah. <laughs> so what is your, um, what are, you know, now that you're a couple years into doing this full time, um, what is your sort of long-term ambition or even the ambition for the next few years? Um, I wouldn't say I've got any major plans or ambitions besides to keep doing what I'm doing and making a living from it. Mm -hmm. That's probably my, my main goal, just to obviously to always get to achieve bigger and better. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm, I'm happy with the slow pace. I'm happy as long as I'm working comfortable. I'm earning a decent enough living. But so things might change. I might, I might have bigger goals come soon. I suppose. But for now, I'm just, I'm content at the moment. Yeah. Well, the more people who see your stuff, the more opportunities tend to, like, and that, that's sort of what I told people when they're like, "Well, why are you doing this album with?" the other artists and i'm like it's not that i think i'm going to make money off of it is that i'm curious what opportunities will open up when more people hear my stuff and it's like yeah. you know it's like i'm always thinking like maybe five paydays down the road where it's like if, okay, if i can do this you know if i invest this that might give an opportunity to do this and this and this and maybe at the end of the road there's like that big payday but it's like you know when you your stuff is exactly like, i and i saw it years ago but i'm i see it more and more in these groups and the feedback is always awesome so it feels like you know yeah. just getting your name out there more is going to keep these opportunities coming well looking luckily enough yeah i've got like a great client base i've got to always get a lot of great feedback i've never had any negative conversations to do with any customers and do my art luckily i don't i don't think i've now, things have run quite smooth, and I look, look, I'm good at painting the art. I find the admin side and the social media side the hard part, yeah. always. But I think I'm I'm good. I'm happy to. I've never had any real negative feedback either. That's a, that's good. Do you sell in person as well? At conventions and stuff like that. Now and again, um, I worked. I think two or three conventions last year. I've done none this year. 
I've got one coming up in August, possibly. And are those like oh, yeah. like Comic Cons or like what type of conventions are they? It's a uh, tattoo conventions. Oh, cool. So I'll come market school uh, in in between all the tattoo and in between all the tattoo artists. Um, I've done that a few times. Um, I'd say one thing I do that on the back though, I'm quite like I'd say introverted. Um, for example, doing this interview was was nervous at first. You know what I mean? I'm. Yeah. I think that might hold me back. I think have like um I have a lot of people tell me you should video your work, like make a little YouTube channel, something like that, and just start out there. I'm that I'm that introverted when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. And that might hold me back. That might be one thing that hold me back from it's opportunities. Funny. That's actually the reason I started doing this podcast. So I moved out to, um, I live in a town of about 5,000 people. That's like several, a couple hours away from Boston, like, you know, kind of middle of nowhere. And I don't really have any artist friends. Even when I live closer, most of my friends were just people I met along the way and they weren't really artists. And like, I found that I was very shy at talking to other people. And like, so I started this by just talking to my friends. I'm like, these are people that, you know, they make art, but I haven't seen them in years because they live on the other side of the country. Yeah. And I felt like shy about talking to them. And then after like four or five episodes, it was just like drawing the portraits every day. I didn't even sweat it. Like, you know, and, yeah, like you get used to it so quickly. Like, especially if you're someone like you, who's obviously good at learning things and talented. Like, you know, I don't like, I probably should do more prep than I do, but now I'm just like, eh, I'll figure it out. And I've never like, you know, nervous That's, anymore. I'll figure it out every yeah. time. Yeah. I'll deal with yeah, it. Yeah. Because yeah. today, <laughs> yeah. I have an interview later today with um um this guy. I don't know if you, do you ever listen to techno music? Uh, no, not a lot. Okay, so I was a big like rave kid, and I was when I was when I was younger. And they, they, there's a label called Moonshine Music. They were one of the biggest techno labels in the world back then. They had all the big artists. And they just one day kind of like disappeared. And I always wonder what happened to him. And so I was like, I'm just going to track down the guy who found it and see if he'll be on the podcast. And I hit him up and he's like, yeah. And I'm like, I've been having a question for like 20 years about what happened to this. And like all of a sudden, I'm just like, within six months of doing this, I can get my answer firsthand. And I'm like, that it's like this thing paid off in a weird way. And it's funny how like once you start developing, because like, like I'm a little like kind of autistic and like ADHD and like all of that stuff. And I'm a weirdo. But it's like I feel less like that the more I do talking in like this to like the random void. So for what that's worth, you know. Yeah. So that's mud. Waiting all these all these years to ask the question. Yeah. Well. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Reach out and ask. It's crazy, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's funny too. Like, um, because like you when you when you go to school to learn math, you know you're gonna get good at math. Like that's the one thing that if you work hard, you will. But if you yeah. start pursuing the arts, you don't know what's going to come of it. Like it's like these surprises uh, come up. It's like it's growth. It's like a tree where not every tree grows the same way. It's like you don't know what direction your branches are going to go in. It's just give yourself over to it. When I started doing my drawings seven, eight years ago, I never thought for a second I'd be paying on dollar bills for a living. Now. You don't know what's going to happen at all. Yeah. That's good. That's a good thing about it. Yeah. I did a painting of a cow because a guy I used to work with went into a coffee shop and saw a cow painting. He likes, can you do one of these for me? I'm like, all right. So I did it. And then a local brewery saw it and they're like, Hey, we've been looking for a cow art for our, for our beer. Want to do it? And it was like the first beer they're canning. And I did every can they did the entire run of like all the different art. And you're like, there's no way to predict that. Like, no, not at all. It's crazy. What can happen? Yeah. It's that. It's why it's just about like um they say that like opportunity is it I know it's like luck meets hard work and luck you know it's hard work and opportunity equals luck I don't fucking know what it is but like <laughs> it's like just be ready for those opportunities when they come up yeah you know? be ready for it have you had any um I know some of these a lot of the artists you do are no longer with us or just probably don't have a lot of presence but have you ever had any artists you've done bills for reach out to you or like you know any interaction with the, the subjects of the um the art um, not me directly, but one of my uh, customers from out in LA again. She she had a Griselda set, Conway, Westside Gun, Bernie, and I she got all that. three of them. Signed. Beautiful. She did meet and greet with all three of them and got all three signed. Oh man, that, that's that's one thing that's she's about living in England. We don't get those chances very much with a a lot of the the American artists I listen to. Yeah, R.I.P. Doom too. Is he? I mean, I don't know where he. I mean, he would. I would. So. Was I know we're taking a big left turn here, but it just occurred to me. With Doom living over there, did it ever feel like he was there? I know it's kind of a weird question, but it's like, yeah, I mean, oh, the guy all... probably was living in like, you know, in not in hiding, but like low profile. 
Yeah, a bit, a bit low key. But no, I never felt for a second that he, lived, he was living in England. It's MF Dooms, New York, as far as we're concerned. You know what I mean? Right, right. Back in, back in the day where we came from. But yeah. he just, he never, I always associated him with East Coast in the in the more recent times. It just didn't feel like he was here. So he, I'm guessing you've been a fan of his for a while. Yeah, quite a few years. What um what inspires you about Doom? I mean, because he's somebody who come his name comes up a lot in this podcast, and I think he's someone the world's going to be talking about. We, 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 one comment that gets made here a lot is we talk about Jay Dilla and how he's been gone for way longer than you think. I think it's like two thousand six, and his name is still there. That that Doom will be like that plus more. So Definitely. what what is it that get grabbed you about Doom? I'll probably say his flow. His flow is just crazy. Um, lyrics also, you know what I mean. Doom just there's not many bad things I could say about Doom. I couldn't say anything bad about him. Look, yeah. everything about him was amazing, man. He was amazing. He was top five rapper for me. Me too. I'd, 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 I'd say. Um, yeah, he's just crazy, man. He's, the the album covers they're always fucking mad. The, the food cover, man. Yes, that's crazy. Yeah. And it's it's weird. It's um I so I had this so I'm actually working on this film right now. I had invented this character called Oxy Astronaut, and this astronaut that kind of has ox over its eyes. And I'm doing this version of this film where it's like this my I'm taking my album called Drinking Songs for Children, and every video is gonna be a different version of my ox character. One's gonna be a cartoon and one's like a black and white, oh, whatever, great. all this stuff. And like I thought this was like a really original idea. And then someone pointed out to me, you ever notice on every Doom cover, you get a different version of Doom? And I'm like, I'm basically doing a movie that's like he did. It's like everything is, like, you never see the same Doom twice. And I'm like, motherfucker, that dude is really deep in me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man, it's mad with all, like a lot of ideas have been done. It's yeah. hard to think of those fresh ideas in this day and age. Yeah. Because then I also noticed that on the cover of the KMD album Black Bastards, there was a that the character has an O and an X over his eyes, and I'm like, God damn it, that was definitely not intentional, but whatever. Um, yeah. So you mentioned so the hip hop scene over there. I don't know if you can see in the background. I have the poster of the Streets first album, original pirate material. It's like right. Oh behind yeah. Them. Yeah. Find that on the bill also. Oh really? Yeah. Um, Mike Skinner, I think I think that's his, his real name. I've been a fan yeah. of them. Um, I think that one I got that signed in LA at some point. But um, you that that when I think of British hip hop, that's the first name I always think of because I've been listening to him for twenty years. Like, um, are you a fan of, of the streets or like what is it? What is the British hip hop scene like in general? I'm not up to date with British hip hop. To be honest, um, it's more it's more hell growing over in England. Um, Mark Skinner and the streets are actually for about 20 minutes away from where I live. They're oh. in Birmingham, or Brampton, so they're quite close. Um, but yeah, it's more of a growing scene in England. Uh, hip hop scene's still good though, but I listen, I listen to mainly American hip hop, to be honest. I'm not really tapped into English, but I've never found it's never really stood out to me. I'd say not to, not to put it down or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's like the one thing I... yeah. definitely as well. I feel like hip hop is one of the is probably one of the biggest cultural exports from America in the past like like fifty years. It's like what else has has been an American art form that has spread like that? Like this on a global scale. It's like it's like hip hop and the Ninja Turtles or like what the, was it what America yeah. has given the world in the past like fifty years. Enjoy. Grown <laughs> crazy as well. I think it's like the biggest genre of music currently, isn't it? I know. And when I was a kid, everyone's like, it's going to go away like disco. I was the one oh, yeah. I was the one kid who listened to hip hop and I got so much shit over it. And it's like, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bitch about that. You can find bad in anything. It's finding the right music. Yeah. They're what pain. I tell people, like, you know, when I run is just what I call like, like normal people that like don't like listen to like, like hip hop and stuff. Like, I'm like, <laughs> listen, everything that you hate about hip hop, I also hate about hip hop. Like, I hate, well, like, he, yeah, I'm like, think of a hip hop video and think of what you hate of it. And I also hate that stuff, you know? Exactly. You know, there's great, it's like, it's great. It's great, amazing stuff there. Like, I was so happy the first time I got my dad to listen to a rap song and enjoy it without really knowing that's what was happening. I think it was yeah. like an atmosphere song. I'm like, I'm sliding this one in. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um. 
So what, um, what, how, so how much time I'm, you know, art is never a nine to five job, but what, what percentage, like how much time are you spending on, on what you'd call like your business of art at a given time? Um, let's say like a normal day back home since I've been out here, it's been a bit different. Um, maybe I get up about nine o'clock, half past eight, I'll start work about half past eight, nine o'clock. And then I'll probably work through till six o'clock, seven o'clock PM. So what's that time? That's yeah, so it's, a, it's so basically like a, like a work day, like you know, eight, nine, ten hours. Yeah, like a regular work day. But I'll, I'll probably have like a, a break or two in between, like an hour break to do other things. I have to, I have to go to the post office, send bits out. But I'll work every day. I'll work pretty much every day. You know, I, mean, I don't like Saturdays, Sundays, every day is a work day. Does um, um, how much of it like feels like work? And I know you're fresh. You're only a few years away from doing something that I'm sure felt a lot like work. But like, does it, is it still feel like that feeling of gratitude of I get to do this? Like, this is a special thing. Definitely with every piece. Yeah. Gratitude all the time. But occasionally it can sometimes feel a bit like a job. Mm-hmm. Um, when that, whenever that happens, I'll take a, a day or two off and, and just come back with a fresh mindset because you never want to work unmotivated. Yeah. yeah I mean, so I'll take, take a bit of time off instead, come back. So if um, there's if there was like one aspect of because you're essentially I you're kind of running a one man business um I'm I'm yeah. assuming um if there was one or two aspects of that that you could farm off to somebody else like be happy to give up wh- what would that be admin the admin side of the job yep um I find it it's not even that hard work it's not even hard work at all but uploading every day or every other day well, by the time the work day is finished I put my phone down put it to the side. But then I've got to pick it back up to go and make my uploads and and stuff like that. Um, I'd probably say admin's the biggest yeah. graft. That's not that... too much, though. I can't really mind anything. I can't really mind too much about anything because okay, I'm grateful for what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Without Definitely. without question, like the worst part of this podcast for me is having to make the little graphics and then like waiting for files to bounce down. It's like everything else is just not even a work a job. And every, there's a little bit that I'm like conversation. Yeah, yeah. It's like, can I get an intern for this? <laughs> Isn't there some kid that I could just give to for free? That's right. Yeah. It's like we can pretend, yeah, this, you know. Um. So uh, we'll probably wrap up here in a few minutes. But what what do you um like any any like closing thoughts or anything um you got coming up soon that you're excited about? This will probably air in beginning of September because recently I've been lucky. Everybody I've asked has said yes, as opposed to like four months ago, and everybody I asked said maybe. And like now I have too many episodes that I'm recording this week, so this will go on about September. But anything that you got um coming up that you're excited about, or um you know any like by then you might be looking at Christmas orders. Um, I'll probably say that hip hop series of the the uncut sheets. Um, as long as I can get a uh, hold of them, that, that that's probably the biggest the, the next big series I'll be working on. Um, I've been looking into t shirts lately, oh. but I've not found I've not looked at too much into it at the moment. But that's probably something I'll probably get in next as well. Try and get some little logos on t shirts something like that. You know what would look um, wild is um probably just t shirts. I had a friend who who was on who was on an episode that already aired by now. Who goes by Trespassion, and he goes like he went. He goes to um, he's an urban explorer. He goes to places that you're not supposed to be, and takes these crazy pictures of like decayed mental institutions and stuff. And he went to Chernobyl and has all these pictures of like gas masks. And he made these T-shirts that are like full wrap around all over print of like paint that's like stripped off of walls and it looks amazing it would be cool to have like a pile of your money all the different bills scattered around on like an all-over shirt like that might look cool. no that would be a mad idea that would yeah that would be sick. i'll um if i find a picture of the t-shirt i'll, I'll send it to you so you have an idea what i'm talking about but like it's and that would yeah. look cool man like that would be crazy that would man. I, never, I never even thought of anything like that yeah, I didn't until I said it, to be honest with you. <laughs> That's why we do these my, things. <laughs> the dollars make my ideas for a lot of things, man, just because they're that different. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because, like, you could have stumbled upon – this is something, too, just to, you know, talk a little bit of encouragement for other artists out there, is that, like, 
they talk about how I, I don't know Edison probably invented the light bulb when it's ninety something try or whatever the number it is, and it's like yeah. you could have come up with fifty other things you could have drawn on that like you could have been like oh I'm gonna do cereal boxes and the world could have been like who gives a shit exactly. Right. Or it could have been, oh, like, you know, this mouse. Anybody want a mouse with paint on it? And like, it's going to come off on your fingers. That's a dumb idea. You know, I once asked someone to do a custom yo-yo and it was a very, it would have been a lot of money for what I was willing to pay for. And they're like, no, that's dumb. <laughs> like, But like you like, but the dollar bill is something that is not objectively brilliant when you think of it. But when it gets put into action, because you're trying something, it becomes something yeah. that's pretty brilliant. And so, the end was yeah. So like, did you, was there a process of like, were there, were there like 50 like scrapped items on your floor that you drew that didn't hit first? Or was the dollar bill just like, like that? First time was definitely one and done. I've had, I've had a, not many instances where I've had to fucking throw the dollar away. Usually they turn out so okay. No, but I mean, like, did you have, like, um, was there other stuff you tried to draw on first before you arrived at the dollar bill as being, like, the thing that, like, like, were you, like, looking around your desk, like, oh, I can draw on this ashtray and maybe sell this? I think dollar bill was the first thing. I think it might have been that. I think um, one of the guys I know from the tattoo shop, he gave me some of the, some hundreds of fake ones. And I'm sure I had one of those, like one of the, one of the first ones I painted also. Um, yeah, I've tried to paint a Rubik's Cube recently. I tried to paint an MF Doom Rubik's Cube. Oh. Um, but so I need would, to, that be, would that be so that when it's totally, so that you have to move it around like, to solve yeah, it? Holy shit, solved, that's a good idea. Together. Um, and I know how to do a cube, so I was going to put it together on video. But the paint didn't stick quite well to the cube. I need, I need to come, I need to back the drawing board and come back to that one. Yeah, you might have to get like your own like squares. Like you might have to like yeah. to cut to draw it yourself and then cut it up and put like your own squares on the actual cube or something. I think I can figure it out, but um, I'll circle back to that one. But that that'll be a dope idea. That is a that That's is probably an not awesome idea. As commissions as much as I do with dollar bills though. Yeah, that'll be just like a I'd yeah, yeah, one. Yeah. 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 How long does it take you to do a bill? I mean, I'm sure there, there's a little bit of like you know, but like what is it yeah. usually? I'd probably say on average, maybe uh, an hour and a half to two hours. Oh. 90 minutes-ish to two hours. My, some can take a lot longer. and some can, I did one yesterday that took like 40 minutes. So some can be quicker. But average, mm-hmm. I'd say maybe 40 minutes. Now, when you started, was that like, like I'm a big person on process and I love when I when something starts at eight hours and it gets down to one hour. Did you, was there like kind of a learning curve towards doing it where you're like, this was something that I like used to take me four, but now it takes me one or is it? Yeah, it, it used to take a bit longer at first, but over time, when you get comfortable with how to work on the bill, the best, the best process, that speeds up the time a lot. I used to line everything first and then fill the color. And now I'll do the color first and line last because it saves you a ton of time. That's a lesson that I never, that I have only recently half learned. I say half learned because sometimes it's something I don't. That makes a big difference that you do the color it first. Does, yeah. like, it's, a, it's a big flavor. It's just like, oh, man. Like, I, <laughs> and it's like, I can't learn. I, it's like, I'm glad this is on record because maybe now I'll remember it. But that's a lesson, <laughs> everybody. Do the color first and do the lines last. Yeah. Because that's, a, that's the, the biggest lesson I get people about artists who want to learn is like, because everybody, the first thing everybody learns with is either is a pencil typically. And I'm like, yeah. the biggest mistake artists make is they press too hard on the pencil. Because I erase almost every time I do a piece of art, I almost always erase the first thing that touches the page. Inevitably, it's it's not right. And people start with too heavy of a hand and they can't erase it. And they're stuck looking at this divot in the page. Okay. They're mistaken okay. the entire time. Yeah. Yeah, so light yeah. with the pencil is is the best advice to 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 to, to avoid discouraging when you're at the very beginning. So if there's any like five year olds watching this, like light with the pencil, <laughs> yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a pain when you get those lines when you've rubbed it out, but the lines are still there. Yeah, And like, I'll ask you for one more tip. So when you're going along and maybe you're two thirds of the way done, and something goes a little off, I can like, can you can you save it? Like, like what any tips for like maybe something runs a little bit is there any chance to save it in that moment or do you just have to kind of um live with it it depends i've had, I've had that issue a few times um if i do a piece with a full background usually i can save it 
use your console. I've got you got you got room then to to fix Make things. Sense. Yeah, yeah. But um, in general, I say I can, I can save a lot of pieces. I have any I have issues sometimes where I make a mistake, but it's a lot of times it's savable. I say not many times I have to throw the piece away. Um, mm -hmm. But usually, if it comes to I've made a mistake, I'll I'll walk away, go do something else for an hour, come back in a little bit, and then I say it refreshes your mindset. So you ain't you ain't already thinking I've got to I've got to redo this now blah blah blah. Just come back fresh, easy fix, and then crack on. Um, this is a nerdy question, but something that I have had to deal with. Um, I I had to quit drawing with my right hand at a certain point because I drew too much. It hurt, and I started drawing with my left hand, which was which was mm. surprisingly I did pretty well with. But like, what do you do to um, protect your most important instruments, your your hands? Not a lot. I'm quite silly. Um, I don't know. See, I can't. I can't do what you did. I, I can't use my left hand, so I'm right only. Yeah. I. Um, you know what happened with me is I. Um. I wanted to be a DJ back in the day, and I like I wanted to scratch, and I so I figured I had to get ambidextrous. So I started using my mouse with my left hand, and I quit being a DJ, but I did that for like 15 years. So I think it just formed the pathways in my brain, so I was able yeah, to, to do it left. It's a muscle. Yeah. Um. I just try not to overwork. Um, to get, I get, I get cramped up quite, quite a bit with my hands. Um, just, just always take a bit of a breather. So I always do. I don't work too long in one sitting. I might have a ten minute break quite often. Something like that. Yeah. You seem like you've got a lot figured out, man. I'm real glad we had this opportunity to talk because, like, I like just I, I like everything about what you do. Your art um your attitude towards it it seems like you're really appreciating like this awesome thing you've built and that's that's what every artist wants man and it's um well one thing that keeps me motivated is when i used to work an actual job i used to work on site just being a laborer it was a horrible job so i'm grateful every day that i'm not doing what i used to do that's my biggest motivator you know what i mean yep um and that works mm -hmm. well motivate i'm with you man so all right, go check out your stuff. I'm going to have your social media up here the entire time. Um, I'm going to talk to you. I'll shoot you some messages once I fully get the idea of the, the stuff I want, but I got some yeah, some ideas on it. And um, yeah, definitely. I'm sure you've probably seen this stuff already um, before this episode, but Abtil, check them out everywhere. And um, it's been a pleasure talking to you, man. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, man. Thank you. All right, later.